Buddy drove as fast as he could, getting us to Amy's place in half the time it would have taken us if laws were anything we cared about right now. Johnny, look, to the west! Buddy pointed towards Amy's third-story window. A shadowed figure, human-like in size and shape, hovered outside her window, violently trying to pry it open. Dozens of small yellow lights buzzed all around it. Come on, let's go! Amy's front door was locked, and I could hear her screaming inside. A yellow glow was visible under her door. I ran my fingers quickly along the top of the door jamb until I found a small key taped in place. Quickly, I unlocked the door and we rushed in. Guys! Don't worry, we're here! We ran into the apartment to see a scene very much like Michael's bedroom. Pillows, an umbrella, Amy's cat, all of these things were hovering around. I rushed over to the broken window, swatting fairies away as I reached for Amy's outstretched hand. Her fingers barely grazed mine as her eyes pleaded for help. Grab my hand! I'm trying to! We watched her get dragged through the window, floating away, pulled by the dark figure. The remaining fairies swarmed out of the window, following them into the inky black night. Amy! Did you see that thing? It was Peter Pan. That was totally Peter Pan. Are you insane? That was not Peter Pan. That was a fairy something or other. Johnny, seriously. Fairies. Fairy dust, a flying guy at the window. This is seriously just like... Can you please shut that thing up? Ugh, hang on. Buddy retrieved the mason jar from his backpack. It's okay, Tink. He's not usually such a mean old codfish. Buddy, for the last time, that thing is not Peter Pan. Wait, Johnny, you need to see this. I looked at the mason jar and noticed that the fairy was ramming the glass in the same spot, the same direction, over and over again. I took the jar from Buddy, and no matter which way I turned it, the fairy was intent on flying toward the same location. The window. It it must sense where the others are going. Buddy, you did it! I did? I handed Buddy the jar and ran into Amy's bathroom. Minutes later, we were the proud owners of a fairy on a dental floss leash. Though, not without at least a few bite marks. We headed out of Amy's apartment, ready to search for her. Sorry, Mr. Bojangles. We'll be back later. I held the fairy's leash tight. It had just enough slack to hover in place, straining in the direction of its hive. Or, so we hoped. When the fairy went right, we went right. When it went left, so did we. I also had a can of bug spray at the ready, just in case it tried to add any more bite marks to our collection. Uh, toodles? Yeah, I'd be a toodles. Which last boy are you, Johnny? I I don't know. None of them? That is such a slightly thing to say. Hey, do you think Captain Hook is real too? No. Are we going to have to fight a crocodile? Because I'm afraid of crocodiles. No, buddy. You're right, I'm being silly. We only have alligators in North America. (sighs) Buddy's car rolled to a stop as our destination came into view. We parked near a dock, where a peculiar wheelhouse extended out into the water. We were back at Helm Home, a place we were very familiar with. Can we remember to just start our next mystery here? When we reached the end of the dock, I opened the door to Helm Home. Johnny, look! Tinkerbell! Buddy, it's not... Just look! The fairy wasn't interested in following us into Helm Home. Instead, it was veering off towards the right, out over the water. What do we do now? I guess we keep following it. Out there? No time like the present to finally make use of the boat, huh? You coming? I get seasick. It's the waves. It took a bit, but I managed to get Buddy into the boat. I handed fairy duty over to him untied the boat, and lowered its oars into the water. 
With that, we set off toward the horizon. A small island lay a mile or two offshore. It was mostly barren, save for a small hill at its center, capped by a large twisted tree covered in red berries. Buddy and I pulled the boat onto the beach. Call me psychic, but I think I know where to look. Buddy pointed toward the tree. There was something circling it in the air. The same dark figure that had taken Amy. Dozens of small yellow lights flew with it, all of them seeming to dance around in the sky. I handed the empty mason jar over to Buddy. I think it's time to put your friend away. Aw, but Ting's been so good to us. Hivemind, remember? We don't want it getting back to the others and giving us away. <sighs> okay. Buddy forced the ferry back into the jar and left it in the boat. He grabbed his backpack and we started on a small hike toward the tree. I have a bad feeling about this. As we got closer to the tree, we could hear things inside chattering. Keeping quiet and close to the ground, we cautiously approached an opening between the tree's gnarled roots and pushed forward into a dark tunnel. Buddy clicked on the light he had strapped to his forehead. Using the small beam, we followed the tunnel 10, 20, maybe 30 feet in. It was getting hard to tell because everything narrowed and we were forced to a crawl. Everything began to feel tight and I could barely breathe. Man, it would suck to be claustrophobic. Just keep moving, buddy. I'm just saying, with the tunnel getting really small... N no, the, the tunnel's fine. Let's just... You know, I'm like, I don't think we would be able to breathe in here, let alone... Dude, enough! Oh, oh, Sorry. It was then that the space suddenly opened up and we were in a modest-sized den. However, there was barely enough room to stand up. I felt my way around the room, my fingers tripping over what must have been the tree's roots. Hang on. Let's get the light over there. The light on Buddy's head illuminated the walls. We took a look around, and we counted somewhere around a dozen bodies in various states of decay, tangled in all the roots. Roots which I now realized were pulsing like veins, carrying the last nutrients from the corpses off to be digested. Buddy's light followed the wall where my hands traced. Something was moving. Three somethings to be exact. Three bodies. We looked and it was Amy and two small boys. And thankfully, they were still alive. Amy! Johnny? Buddy? What's going on? Where am I? Okay, try not to freak out, but you were kidnapped by Peter Pan, and now I think you're being eaten by the tree where his fairies live. I'm what? Amy began struggling against the roots as the two boys slowly came to. Get me out of this thing! Uh, buddy, quick, give me your knife. Let me go! Shh, we're trying to help. Buddy rushed to quiet the boys as I cut them all free. The last thing we needed was that flying thing to realize that they were trying to escape. Is he serious about the Peter Pan thing? Look, I know it sounds crazy, and as much as I hate to admit it, that's really the closest guess we have right now. Uh, we might want to hurry. Soil began to shift on the opposite wall. Something was trying to dig through to us. I had just gotten the last of them free when hands began to break through. Quick, the tunnel! Buddy followed Amy and the boys into the tunnel and towards safety. With Buddy's light now pointed away from the den, I could barely make out the human-like figure digging its way toward us in the darkness. I could hear the strange thing scrambling to keep up behind me. Hurry! Everyone sped up as Buddy finally made it out of the tunnel first, the others close behind him. With only a few feet left to go, I felt something take hold of my ankle and pull me backward. Help! I got you! Buddy slid headfirst back in the tunnel to grab my hand. A look of confused horror spread across his face as his lamp showed upon the thing pulling me backwards, revealing it for what it actually was. Not Peter Pan, definitely not Peter Pan. Looking back over my shoulder, I saw something only vaguely human-shaped. 
Its body was covered in mismatched patches of rotting skin, loosely sewn together with twine. The dark and hollow eye sockets each contained dozens of tiny, glowing, blinking eyes. The hand holding my ankle looked like it was wearing a loose, fleshy glove that was one size too big. Countless tiny arms reached through the seams in the creature's skin suit, desperately grabbing at me. Get him out of there! Hit it with this! Buddy passed me the hockey stick, which he apparently took from Michael's room earlier. You stole this? What? The Wildcats are my team. Just take it! Sliding the stick down toward my feet, I'd use it to knock away at the hollow thing that was intent on dragging me back toward its den. Get off of me! With one violent thrust, the business end of the hockey stick burst through a seam, connecting the creature's head to its shoulder. It let me go and fell behind, screaming in something that resembled pain. I scrambled out as fast as I could. Go, get to the boat! Johnny, behind you! I turned and froze as that thing burst out of the tunnel and shot into the air. There it hung in all its glory, screaming at us in fury. Run! The saggy human-shaped skin suit flew down at us. Dozens of small fairies poured forth from the wound left by the hockey stick. As it closed in, I swung at it and connected. The entire thing exploded like a piñata full of hate. Bits of skin rained down. But now, instead of being chased by one human-shaped thing, we were now pursued by hundreds of screaming fairies. They caught up to Buddy as Amy and the boys reached the boat. Get off! The fairies were trying to wrestle Buddy to the ground. He slipped free from his backpack, attempting to escape. He started to run, but his feet lost contact with the ground as he began to go airborne, covered in glittering fairy dust from his struggle. Help me! Grab this! And think sad thoughts or something! Amy threw a rope from the boat to Buddy, who was floating away, higher and higher. He quickly caught it and tied it around his waist. What do we do? I don't know. To yourself, Johnny, my backpack, get my backpack. Buddy pointed. Amy saw where he dropped the backpack, and I gripped the hockey stick tight. I got it! Amy made a break for it and was pursued by the swarm. I covered her as best I could, swatting as many fairies as possible out of the air. She rifled through the bag and found a can of bug spray. Hey, fairies! Amy sprayed wildly into the surrounding mass of fairies. One by one, choking on the air, they began to drop from the sky. Soon they were all done for, fairy bodies littering the beach. It took a few moments, but a calm settled over as we all caught our breath. Yeah, we did it. Amy, are are you okay? I'm fine. How are the boys? I took a look at the two boys, and aside from being shaken, they seemed to be just fine. Johnny? Look, Amy, I'm sorry I... Let's just get back to the mainland. No, really, I I wanted to apologize for... Uh, guys... Buddy, what? Someone help, please? I'm getting nauseous up here. We had forgotten Buddy was still floating in midair. I pulled him back down by his rope and tied him to the boat until the fairy dust wore off. Amy got in, and the boys helped me push the boat back into the water. With that, we set off back toward Helm Home. Buddy had thankfully stopped levitating by the time we reached the dock. We called Michael's mom from Buddy's cell phone, and she and the Davies family were waiting on the shore for us when we arrived. With the boys and their parents all reunited, Buddy got into his car, with Tinkerbell still in the mason jar in tow. He nodded to me softly, motioning toward Amy so her and I could talk. I appreciate you coming to rescue me, Johnny, but... Nights like tonight can't be the only time you come back into my life. The road does go two ways. You could have called me before a thousand fairies in a human skin suit tried to feed you to a tree, you know. Fair. But every time I try, you just seem to blow me off. Look, I I know we both went through some stuff, but I want to talk about it all before... Before you go back to California. What? No. No, I'm not... I'm not going back to California. I'm... I'm here. I'm staying. I'm needed. This... This... This is where I belong.
Guys, can we go get waffles? Look, I, I want to talk about this before the next thing like this happens. I just, I just, I want something about Melancholy Falls just to feel normal again. Waffles. I want to figure this out too, but you need to be present. I need you to be here. And I will be. This is my home. You and Buddy are my family. I promise. Jonathan, talk later. Waffles now. Oh my god. We better go. You don't want to see what that man will do for breakfast. I am a little hungry myself. As we got into Buddy's car, Amy handed me an old, worn book. By the way, I found this back there. It was in the tree. I grabbed it just before we left, thinking it might come in handy to defeat them. It turns out it's just a regular old book. Peter Pan? I knew it! I told you it was Peter Pan, albeit a really messed up version of it. This must have been where I got the inspiration to pull that suit together. I think they were trying to replicate the story to lure people out. Gross. What should we do about all the bodies back there? Fairy and... Otherwise, Sounds like a problem for the Society of Shadows to handle. Yeah, something wasn't right about that tree, and it's probably safer for them to handle it. And with that, we drove off into the sunrise, headed straight toward Big Jones for some much-deserved breakfast. Hey, Tink, you ever have waffles before? No? Oh, girl, you are missing out. Return Home, Episode 11, Fairy Tale. You just listened to Part 2 of 2. It was written by Michael Lissenberry and produced by Andrew Taylor and Jeff Heimbach. It featured the vocal talents of Alexander Eccles, Forrest Orta, Cleve Nettles, Alyssa Ritorno, and Jeff Heimbach. The original musical score was by Corey Celeste. You can find out more about the show and find Return Home merchandise by visiting our website at returnhomepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash returnhomepodcast, on Twitter at returnhomeshow, and on Tumblr at returnhomepodcast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider supporting us by leaving a review on iTunes or contributing to our Patreon at patreon.com slash returnhomepodcast. Questions? Comments? Never able to look at Peter Pan the same way again? Send us an email at returnhomepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, pleasant dreams.